I'm Carrie Nolan. It's Monday, April 2nd, and time for WQXR's Washington Report Online. Joining us now, as he does every Monday, is David Sanger, Chief Washington Correspondent for The New York Times. Good morning, David. Morning, Carrie. David, over the weekend, the Obama administration agreed to send communications equipment to Syria to help the opposition fighters organize and evade the military. Meanwhile, Arab nations pledged $100 million to pay the fighters. Will either of these moves loosen President Assad's hold on power? Well, they certainly show, Kerry, that there is more unity about opposing Assad and pushing him out. There's certainly a lot of concern about arming the rebels, because we've seen a lot of cases in the past of uh, groups that were armed and then used the arms for unintended purposes. We certainly saw that after the United States armed the Mujahideen in Afghanistan uh, 20 years ago and then ended up uh, seeing those same arms used against American troops uh, in the Afghan war. So in this case, President Assad has sort of a monopoly on all the firepower. And the big question is, can you get rid of Assad without fully arming the rebels with an equivalent amount of firepower? No one seems to know the answer to that yet. Now, former United Nations Secretary General Kofi Annan negotiated a ceasefire. He reports to the U.N. Security Council today. What's he likely to tell them? He's likely to tell them that he came up with a perfectly good agreement for a ceasefire that President Assad immediately violated the way he's violated all the previous ceasefires. And it seems clear that President Assad's M.O. in this case is to engage in a negotiation that gives him some time, agree to anything that, they, uh, that somebody wants them to agree to, uh, and then turn around and violate that fairly quickly. And uh, this process has now happened, what, two or three times with the Arab League and then, of course, with Mr. Anon. So at this point, as Secretary Clinton said uh, yesterday, it's not what Assad says, it's what he does. Here at home, we'll have to wait until the end of June to find out the Supreme Court's ruling on President Obama's health care program. Now, depending on the result, how do you think this will factor into his reelection campaign? Well, certainly, Kerry, uh, if the Supreme Court rules that the central feature of the law is unconstitutional, that is, the portion that requires everyone in the system to pay into the system, then you'll see the Republican nominee, uh, which we have to assume will be Mitt Romney, um, make the case that the president's key initiative of his first term was deeply flawed from the start. Now, of course, Mitt Romney is not the one in the best uh, shape to make that argument, since this was based on the Massachusetts law that he signed. I suspect that you're going to see uh, President Obama uh, make the argument that the court itself uh, is teaming up uh, with a conservative majority that is out to deprive people of new medical rights that they gain through the law. And you'd see him campaign with people who had pre-existing conditions and would now lose their coverage, or people who need insurance for their kids until they're age 26 and would now lose their coverage. So it's very hard to tell how this would play in the, in the actual campaign itself. But certainly you've seen the Obama campaign beginning to gear up with a strategy to deal with what is probably going to be a negative Supreme Court ruling for them. As you said, David, it's increasingly looking like Mitt Romney will win the Republican nomination for president. So what are his biggest impediments now? You know, I think his biggest impediment right now is an absence of passion among uh, his base. And, you know, I think you could say the same for President Obama. 
In the case of Mitt Romney, you have a candidate who's done almost everything right. He has run on paper a very, very good campaign. But you simply don't see the base getting terribly excited about him. And while I'm sure they will uh, come around and support him after the convention, it's going to be very difficult to work up much passion around Mitt Romney. Now, President Obama faces the same issue. He's having a hard time invigorating the base that really propelled him to the election uh, in 2008. And that's why you've seen him out on university campuses trying to get the young people, the students, the small donors back in his camp and excited about a second term. And you've seen him begin to suggest that in a second term he could get a lot of things done that he felt he couldn't do in a first term. It's hard to say right now whether that argument will fly and will actually get his base terribly excited as well. Thanks a lot, David. Thank you, Kerry. New York Times Chief Washington Correspondent David Sanger. I'm Kerry Nolan, and that's The Washington Report on Classical 105.9 FM, WQXR.